0: Hello everybody, Scott here. I just wanted to let you know that we had a little bit of some technical issues for this episode. I'd actually like to blame Kevin's cat. you know what, I will. It was all Jeff the Cat's fault. Okay, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott. And joining me is a returning guest from the movie riffing group One Wall Cinema, K1, aka Kevin. Welcome back. Thanks. And joining us is another special guest. He is a vine verified superstar whose videos you may have seen on The Today Show, The Daily Mail, WBZ Boston, uh, basically any place viral videos are shown. Bottle Rocket, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. This is uh, very exciting.
1: Yeah, this is exciting for me as well. You did your homework with the uh, with the rundown there, huh?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you guys have been seen everywhere, you and your family.
1: Y- yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: You're one of the good ones
1: on Vine. Yeah, thanks.
0: <laughs> well, this week we watched an episode of The Office, the US series entitled The Alliance, it was written by Greg Daniels, who was also the executive producer, and directed by Brian Gordon, who also directed such shows as uh, Andy Richter Controls the Universe. And uh, this was the fourth episode of season one, and it originally aired on NBC on April 12th, 2005, nearly a decade ago, hard to believe.
2: That's crazy. And this Andy Richter Controls the Universe is probably one of my favorite shows of all time.
0: Yeah, it's another show we'll have to do an episode on. So, what are your experiences with this show?
1: This I watched this show right as it came out. This is one of those shows that you didn't binge. Watch, well, you binge watch it now, but I watched it as they came live, and uh, it's uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. To be honest with you.
2: Yeah, for me, uh, I was a big fan of the uh, the UK show, and then uh, when they said, you know, it's. Going to be coming to NBC. You know, I was like, great. You know, same thing jumped on like right from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, I'm with you guys. I love this show. It's funny. I I think I heard, I think I mentioned it when we did our episode of the podcast on the the UK version that uh, The Office was recommended on uh, a commentary track on one of The Simpsons seasons that I listened to. Matt Groening was talking about how great it was. And then it aired on BBC America and I watched it. And I think it was all around that time that. The Office started on NBC. So I kind of watched both shows at the same time, or around the same time. And even though the pilot for both series are very, very similar, you'll notice like as season one of the US show goes along, they they definitely make their own path away from the the British series, which is a lot, you know, a better way to go.
2: Yeah, that was one thing... uh season one's probably my one of my least favorite of the series mostly because so many of the episodes kind of seemed like okay this is pretty much identical to the UK version but yeah yeah, it definitely moved away from that which is good because you know it it was became its own thing and it was you know wasn't like okay it's just a rehashing of of what we've already seen so right
1: and I have no experience with with the UK version so this was it was all new to me, so um, it was one of my favorite seasons out of uh, how many were there seven, eight? Nine, I Nine. think yeah one of my favorites and I think there was like wasn't there a huge divide between fans um, you, you either liked the UK version or you went with the American version and and there was no like there was no in between yeah and I know a lot of people who hated this version and, and went with the UK version and it was and vice versa.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I tried not to compare the two, you know, right. Yeah. because if you compare them, then yeah, you're going to find things that you like or things you don't like. I just kind of treated it as its own series, you know, its own separate thing, even yeah. though David Brent does make an appearance in the final season. So it yep. does kind of connect the universes.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of like the whole Joel versus Mike thing with Mystery Science Theater, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Now, did you guys watch this on DVD or did you watch it on Netflix to prepare for this episode? DVD.
1: Yeah, I watched uh, Netflix.
0: Because if you watch it on DVD, and and Kevin knows exactly what I'm going to say here, but it gives you a little description. The the DVD that I have was like when it first came out, so like 2006 or whatever. And uh, it was a pretty bare bones setup on the DVD. And for the description of this episode, it says, In an attempt to raise everyone's dwindling spirits, Michael insists on planning a birthday party, even though the closest birthday is weeks away. As rumors of downsizing continue to circulate, Dwight suggests to John that they form a protective strategic alliance. And I saw Kevin sent a message to me about the mistake in that paragraph.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a big one.
2: Yeah, it, basically, they accidentally put uh, John uh, Krasinski's name instead of instead <laughs> of his character's name. So <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's like. Uh,
0: I wonder if they fix that in later issues of that DVD.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. the uh, The one I have, it's uh, it's the season one set that was bundled with uh, season two, um, like in like the the paper box. But it's oh okay. The packaging on it is exactly the same as it was, um, you know, w- when season one came out on its own. Because I actually yeah. uh, I rebought it just to get you know the. Deluxe one because it had like uh, a T-shirt and like a Dwight Schrute bobblehead and stuff like that. So, all
0: right, so let's get right into this episode. Uh, this episode does not start with a cold open as many of them did much later. Uh, it just goes straight into the opening credits and the theme, uh, featuring scenes of Scranton, Pennsylvania. I remember when I went to my my friend Paul's wedding in Pennsylvania, we drove through Scranton and I had my camera out the window. I was trying to get a picture of the sign. I did not get a good picture of it. Is is there (laughs)
1: anything on the show in that opening credits that is accurate? Do you know, besides the sign? I mean, I don't know else.
0: I think what they did was they actually did take a trip out there and just shot some footage of, like, driving through the city.
2: Yeah. I thought it was actually, like, footage that uh, John Krasinski shot, like, while they were driving, like, to the show or something like that. Uh, I can't remember. It was something along those lines. Like, he basically filmed it himself, like, on his way there, mm. and they ended oh, up really? just using it. I, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think I had heard that. Okay. That's funny.
1: They end up looking at it and saying, this is perfect. This is what we need.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's... Uh, and then everything else, of course, is filmed, uh, you know, in, in California. Mm. It's, it's funny, especially when... In some of the episodes where it's like snowing out and it's cold, you know, they're they're bundled up, and you'll see like they have like fake snow sprayed on like the shrubbery and stuff. But really, it's like ninety degrees, and they're sweating like crazy. Yeah, but they do a good job of it. Yep. Yeah. Now we begin as uh, Dwight Schrute, played by Rain Wilson. He's anxiously waiting for his boss Michael Scott, played by of course Steve Carell, to come out of the bathroom. And there's been rumors of downsizing circulating around the office and he wants to make sure that his position as assistant to the regional manager is protected. Michael tells him that he talked to corporate staff, and there's no guarantee that the sales staff would be protected in the event of a downsizing, but he adds that it's not going to happen anyway. Of course, the downsizing, if you watch the the British series, that was kind of a a big part of the first series, is wondering what was going to happen to that branch and if people were going to be fired. So Michael leaves Dwight telling him, you know, that maybe he should be worried. And then we cut to these talking head segments throughout this episode uh, where the one character is talking directly to the cameras because this whole series is under the guise of that it's being filmed for a documentary. And uh, we cut to Michael's talking head where he directly says it looks like there's going to be downsizing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and that, the cutaway shots like that is you know obviously everyone's really familiar with that now because you see it all over the place like they used it uh parks and recs, they're using they used it in the the new muppet show as well yeah oh yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's something that you you're so used to seeing now but this is really the one of the first shows to to use it in this way that documentary style format yep Now, Michael uh, tells the cameras that he gets no pleasure out of telling people that they're fired. And that's really the main difference between him and Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. (laughs) Does his Donald Trump impression there, too.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So we cut back to Dwight. He's nervously fidgeting at his desk. And he tells the cameras in his Talking head segment that a lot of information is passed around uh, office water coolers. And he's at a disadvantage because he brings his own water to work. (laughs) It's like, really, we're kind of getting, like, early versions of what these characters are going to become. You know, we see that Dwight later on is, like, a crazy, like, survivalist and, you know, very self-sufficient and very paranoid, doesn't trust anybody. So you could see early on why Dwight would be this kind of guy. He brings his own water, doesn't trust anybody. Yeah. So now we cut back to Dwight's desk. He brings the water cooler over there to help him gain more information instead of going to the water cooler to... Talk to some of his co workers. He's going to actually overhear them as they walk over to his desk. And we see uh, Stanley and Kevin walking over. And the, what does is, what is Dwight ask? Like, what's a scuttlebutt?
1: Yeah, what, what's, what's, <laughs> what's the scuttlebutter? Yep. And they're totally <laughs> taken aback. They have, they have no idea what to say to him.
0: <laughs> There's uh, Stanley just staring at Kevin in silence, the two of them just looking at each other.
1: It's, yeah, this, this episode brings me back to how funny the entire cast was together. Yeah. I mean, it's and, and,
2: Yeah, like, even the minor characters were, like, Stanley and Kevin were just amazing. Like, it's so funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they, they really uh, put together a great cast. Like, we were talking about Arrested Development, like, perfect uh, smaller characters, like you guys were saying, minor characters, just... Uh, through and through, just a great cast. Yeah. So, we next cut to Michael now in his office, and he's speaking about the new initiative called Operation Morale Improvement, starring Michael Scott. <laughs> Michael explains that he had the office assistant, Pam, played by Jenna Fisher, uh, go out and find out whose birthday is coming up, and use this as an excuse to throw an office party. <laughs> like, this is going to distract people that uh, they, they're not thinking about being fired.
1: <laughs> it's all deflecting <laughs> with, with him. <laughs>
0: So Michael turns to Pam and asks who the birthday person is. He's doing this drum roll on the desk and Pam hesitates, then tells Michael there's really no staff birthdays coming up. And uh, Michael, of course, not accepting this as an answer, continues that drum roll and, and asks her who's next on the calendar. And uh, Pam's checking her file again and tells him that it's Meredith, but her birthday isn't until next month.
1: <laughs> he's, he's like, let's, let's do it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it'll it'll be more of a surprise that way. <laughs> yep. She really won't be expecting it. He tells Pam to shake it up in response to her lack of enthusiasm for the plan. And he takes out his flip phone and does uh, an approximation of, uh, I guess, a Captain Kirk impression here. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Scanning for signs of life. And uh, was he Spock, too, as well, reporting that uh, there's just a wet blanket named Pam?
1: Yeah. <laughs> This is this is a part of the, the episode where my wife left the room because she just can't take Michael Scott longer than 5 minutes.
0: Oh really? Yeah,
1: she's she <laughs> watches it and says, "I don't know how you can take this show. He makes me physically uncomfortable." <laughs> and when he, when he puts Pam down, she just like kind of got up and left.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, it, she definitely would not <laughs> like the UK yeah. version then because Oh no. That it, it's as cringeworthy as as he is on the NBC one, like, oh my oh, word! Oh, you... he's
1: just as bad or worse. Oh, oh way worse. worse! Wow, Yeah. it's hard to believe. It, it really is. Yeah, in my opinion, I, mean, he, I had a boss like him who didn't really do much but acted like he did, uh-huh. and so I always kind of go back to that one boss, and I see him every time I watch the show, and I just say, "Oh my goodness, this is so <laughs> you're so insignificant." <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that, that UK series just thrives on those awkward moments, and like, in the US version, they really soften that up. Oh, that's, wow. Yeah, go, that's, yeah a, that's a you show you gotta watch. go back really, and watch.
1: definitely check it
0: out. Just another note here, uh, the show, you don't really tend to think of it being that old, but then when you see him take out a flip phone, yeah, when it's like, oh wow.
2: My wife and I were watching it last night, we were just like, oh my word, they all look so young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and but that that would be something that Michael would do. Like even if years after he would still have that flip phone, <laughs> you know, and, he'd be, and he would think he was very important with that flip phone.
0: Yep, that's true. <laughs> Cutting to our next scene, we now see the characters of Angela and Phyllis along with Pam, and they're in the conference room planning the party. This is a, uh, I think, probably the first appearance of the party planning committee.
1: I think, if I'm so. not mistaken. Yeah, I believe so too.
0: That comes up quite a bit. As uh, as we go along in the series, uh, we see Phyllis, who's very unsure of herself, suggests that they have streamers, but uh, that's you know she's so unsure of herself she immediately shoots down her own idea and saying that's dumb. Everybody has streamers.
1: Yeah, they have like a dispute with the colors as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we cut to a, a talking head segment here where Pam tells us that they suggested they just flip a coin for the colors of the streamers and. Angela told her she didn't want to do that because it's gambling, and <laughs> Pam adds that uh, she was gambling that she wouldn't smack her in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> now, cutting back to the party planning committee in the office room, Michael walks in, it talks about how great last year's '80s party was, and you notice the uh, the picture they cut to on the bulletin board.
1: I think I remember the clothes that he was wearing. Yes, white, yeah. right? Yep.
0: Yeah. It's like Miami Vice attire, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it's even like Meredith dressed as like Madonna in the background yeah. or something.
1: <laughs> I miss that.
2: And uh, it, did you happen to see the ar- the the article on the newspaper? I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. I paused it so I could read I the it. article. Oh, so the <laughs> the article that appears next to the photo, uh, it's for the top salesman award. And it says, uh, Welcome to yet another exciting edition of the Dunder Mifflin Employee Newsletter. Thanks to all the staff and new contributing writers for putting this together for all of you. And also many thanks to the folks at Design Town for printing this up for us. Hopefully you will find a lot of useless information contained herein (laughs) that will help you to do your job better, faster, and quicker and cheaper and happier. As anyone can easily tell, this newsletter doesn't really have a lot to say. It's really just a prop to fill some space and sort of look like a newsletter without uh, really being much of a newsletter at all. By typing a lot of words in two columns on the (laughs) front of this page, we can achieve the look of a newsletter without really reporting much news or provide any real information to the reader at all. In fact, at times, we can probably just get away with not using real English words such as... Poe, of, and the much-beloved, these words can also be strung together to form a sentence, paragraph, or even a whole prop, book, magazine, or newspaper. That's funny. That
1: kind of summarizes Michael Scott's job. Yeah. He does does so much without doing anything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I didn't even think of it being, like, something that Michael Scott Could have uh, put together, but yeah, now that you say that, that's pretty funny. And this is, uh, I think this, yeah, this must have premiered in HD. Yeah. So they they must have just kind of had a a bunch of Easter eggs like that throughout the show. So uh, back at the uh, party planning committee meeting, Michael is really pushing here for an ice cream cake. Uh, And even though Angela tells him that Meredith is, I guess she's lactose intolerant. Yep. She has some sort of dietary issue with milk. And uh, Michael tells him, you know, she's not the only one that's going to be eating it, so it's not just about her. (laughs) And I love here where before Pam can even finish the sentence, it is her birthday, Michael leans in and yells, mint chocolate chip! (laughs) (laughs) Like, he already had his mind set on not only an ice cream cake, but what the flavor is going to be.
2: And that's definitely a recurring you know theme with the show of him just getting an idea in his head and it's doesn't matter what sort of chaos is going on that's we're, we're going for it
1: <laughs> Yeah. yes and being childish as well oh
2: yeah yeah i like how he
0: wasn't just like a straight ripoff of the david brent character from the uk version i know they, they put a lot of the same jokes in the u.s pilot that were in the uk pilot but uh, yeah definitely a, a totally different character yeah so we next see Dwight casually walking up to Jim Halpert played by John Krasinski and uh, telling him that it might be a good idea if they form an alliance to help each other out in case of a downsizing. And Dwight then asks very plainly, "Do you want to form an alliance with me?"
1: <laughs>
0: "Absolutely I do."
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: just uh straight face completely on board. Just uh John Krasinski nailing that line read too.
1: Yeah. He's so excited about this.
2: Yep. And uh, the absolutely I do, there's actually a callback to that uh, in season three. Um, uh, Pam says uh, that uh, Jim said, if Dwight ever asks you to do something in secret, you have to respond with absolutely I do. No
1: way.
0: (laughs) That's funny. And uh, in the DVD commentary for this episode, Greg Daniels and I think Michael Schur and some other creators of the show, they watched a lot of Survivor. Uh, Just to see like what these alliances would be like, how seriously they take them, what kind of language they use and and how they act around other people. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of give them an idea of of how serious Dwight would be here and in turn how Jim would have to respond and act, you know, in, in the similar way. Yeah. Also, uh, in the DVD commentary, Greg Daniels mentioned that he had so much great footage for this episode that the runtime ended up being almost 40 minutes long. And he was considering splitting this into two separate episodes. One would be the birthday party episode and the other would be the alliance.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. I almost wish they had just because that would have been great. Yeah, because this this season one was only, what,
0: like
1: six episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: It's only a, a single disc on DVD where the others are, you know, like four-disc set.
1: I wonder, it was season two. Now, when did they start to veer away from the storyline after st- season one of the UK?
0: That's a good question. I, I know the downsizing, they did fire somebody, right? I, yeah. It was between Malcolm and somebody else in the UK series. And then in this series, it was between Creed and somebody else. Mm. and Creed stayed, and Creed was kind of like the Malcolm character. Not not really in any, like, personality-wise, but just the fact that it was, like, an older guy in the office. Yeah. And then uh, they did absorb the other branch, right? Yep. And that's when you got Ed Helms and that's, Rashida Jones. That's right, yeah. They did that in the UK, but see, the UK was only, what, 12 episodes, right? Mm. And a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think when that other branch got absorbed in the US version. They, they kind of kept that framework, but, of course, they really wanted to milk the whole like Jim and Pam thing as much as possible. So they really like spread a lot of that out. So uh, back to the episode here as, as Dwight begins trying to plan their next steps, plotting out their fellow coworkers vulnerabilities. We, we cut to Jim's talking head segment and he's explaining how happy he was that Dwight gave him this opportunity because everything that Dwight does annoys him. (laughs) (laughs) This, uh, this was definitely a gift for Jim. So from here, we cut away to an example of Jim's annoyance. Uh, we see Dwight ask Jim if he's got his tickets.
1: Uh, the, the gun show. <laughs> <laughs> now, doesn't this become like a huge uh, joke in other like movies and in, in t-shirts? Is this where it comes from? I don't know. Because I thought that Anchorman referenced this. And I, I've seen t-shirts. And, and I think this is like the beginning of this long joke.
0: Yeah, rolling up his sleeve and kissing his bicep. (laughs) Tickets to the gun show. So back to Jim's talking head, Jim explains that he spends hours thinking of ways to get back at Dwight, and he only comes up with things that would get him arrested. (laughs) But he mentions here, it's now as if Dwight walked up to him and said, Jim, here's a way. Now we come back to the meeting. They're forming the alliance, and we see Dwight swearing Jim to secrecy, telling him not to tell anyone. And, of course, immediately following <laughs> this, we see Jim and Pam mid-conversation. Jim's just telling Pam everything. And uh, I love it at this moment, we see Dwight in the background kind of emerging from behind the office plant. And he, <laughs> he calls Jim away to uh, talk about paper products. <laughs>
1: His creepy little eyes become part of the show too when he when he peers through oh, the, yeah. uh, the blinds and <laughs> that's such a go to <laughs> part of the show. It's so funny.
0: In another room, we see Dwight ask if Jim told her everything, and and Jim tells Dwight, you know, he's using Pam for the alliance. She knows the most information about the office, and then you know, Dwight agrees. Yeah, no, that is a good plan. And and Jim tells him he's gonna have to talk to her a lot, and there may be chatting, giggling. And all this stuff, but he has to pretend to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. So, Dwight is wholeheartedly on board, and, and Jim leaves this secret meeting with a smile to the cameras as we cut to commercial. I just, I love this. It's, it's like Jim kind of just acknowledging what just happened. It look you know, directly makes contact with the cameras.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: As you watch the show, you know, you kind of forget... About the whole documentary aspect of it, you just kind of take it for the style it's shot. But uh, it's just—it's weird seeing at the very end of the show. It's not really spoiling anything, but at the very end, it does actually become a documentary series, or at least one one long documentary. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do the do the cameramen actually are they, are they seen toward the end? Yeah. Like okay.
0: Yeah, there's something weird that happens between Pam and a cameraman, right? Right. Later on, she becomes very close to one of the cameramen. Yep. Huh. Kind of a weird love triangle storyline they try to put I didn't really care for the ninth season.
1: Yeah, I must have not have cared for either because I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good.
0: <laughs> I mean this real this whole series, as much as I love it, it really could have ended at Pam's wedding and right. Jim and Pam's yeah. wedding. I would have been fine.
1: I think mentally for me it did. Yeah. Such a good good scene.
0: So now when we return from commercial break, we see Michael pointing out Meredith to the cameras, and we then see the card that he got her for her birthday.
1: Happy Bird Day or something?
0: Yeah. Happy Bird Day. And Michael first reads Jim Inscription in which he writes, Meredith, I heard you're turning 46, but hey, you're an
2: accountant. Just fudge the numbers. Which is funny because she's not in the accounting department. She's in customer relations. Oh, wow. Okay. Which that alone is, you know, hilarious just given like her personality, you know, the fact that she's she's in charge of customer (laughs) relations and she's such a train wreck.
1: Toby's HR, right? Wait, yeah. Okay, funny. I don't know. I don't know of anybody else that uh, there are other positions besides Pam, obviously.
0: Yeah, the accountants are in their corner. Yeah. Yep. And Stanley and Phyllis, they're also in the sales department. Oh yeah, that's right. Because Stanley's always
1: trying to seal the deal on the phone. Yeah.
0: And I, I like Michael reads this joke by Jim, and you know that's a, like you said, I mean that's a that's a good joke, but mm-hmm. Michael. You know, of course, can't admit that somebody is funnier than him. That's just, He just can't. So he's just like, yeah, you know, it's pretty funny. Uh, he doesn't appreciate condoning corporate fraud, however. <laughs> sure. But he feels as though he has to write something really funny, not only because everybody expects that of him, but also because of the rumors of downsizing. Everybody's worried about their jobs, and it's kind of dark around the office. So that's going to be what Michael focuses on for the rest of this episode. <laughs> And in our next scene, we see Dwight and Jim spying on Kevin and Toby eating in the break room. Jim kind of shows Dwight, you know, how suspicious this looks. And Jim agrees to go in and spy for Dwight to find out why the two of them seem so chummy as they eat lunch. And I love here we we now cut to the parking lot where Jim has some startling news for Dwight. And and here we uh, cut back between the parking lot and the kitchen. As Jim's telling Dwight all about this, we see Jim was really just asking Kevin what was on his sandwich.
1: (laughs) That's so good. Yep.
0: Another great line uh, by John Krasinski here. Great job acting. I I think he's talking about the bread in the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin's saying like, oh, they have good bread. And and Jim's just like, they have amazing bread or something (laughs) to that effect.
1: It looks like a serious conversation from the other room. Yep. (laughs) Yes.
0: And of course, Jim tells Dwight, no, what they were talking about was getting Angela fired. (laughs) But he said that's not even the important part. The important part is that it shows that Toby and Kevin have formed an alliance. You know, Toby's, as you mentioned, uh, human resources and Kevin's in the accounting department. So this is a, a huge turn of events here as far as Dwight's concerned. So much so that Dwight now kicks Jim's car in frustration, setting off the alarm. And now Jim tells Dwight that they just need to assume
2: that everyone is forming an alliance to get them kicked off. <laughs> I, I just love how Jim like already has his keys in his hands. Like he's totally expecting him <laughs> to, to do something <laughs> like that. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and more great acting in this scene because uh, in the DVD commentary they were mentioning how it was like 90 degrees in this scene, but they all have like their arms folded and they're like huddled over because they're pretending how cold it mm-hmm. is. But you don't see their breath. Yeah. Jim just
2: like fostering this paranoia. It's like really just having a blast. In the uh, deleted scenes, that scene's like slightly longer. And, uh, you know, after Jim's done talking to him, he's like, all right, uh, you should wait here for a few minutes. And then he's like, "Uh, uh, pretend that you're smoking. (laughs) 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 So so Dwight's just pretending to smoke, (laughs) you know, a cigarette that, you know, he's not holding. That's funny. Yeah, I, I didn't see the deleted scenes for this episode. Uh, there's there's another really good one that I'll talk about
0: later. Okay. Yeah, because uh, Greg Daniels talks about it in the commentary, like how he had so much good stuff for this episode. It's too bad that uh, we didn't get two separate ones. So now, back in Michael's office, we see Michael's having a hard time coming up with the words he should write in Meredith's birthday card. And uh, one early idea is uh, Meredith had a little lamb. Don't bring that lamb to work or it'll poop on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like agonizing over the perfect words and of course nothing's coming to him, nothing funny. And at this moment we see Oscar, played by Oscar Nunez, he's entering the room and asking Michael to donate to his nephew's cerebral palsy charity. And we see Michael just, oh yeah, happily volunteering to, to donate money.
1: In front of the camera. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, that's very important.
1: You know, he's, he's
0: looking down this list on Oscar's clipboard here, and it's just like, people are donating $2 or $3, <laughs> and he's just saying to Oscar about, like, you know, people here, they just don't care about diseases.
1: <laughs> and he, he struggles with that. He's like, they just don't care about diseases. <laughs> he's he like, doesn't know what to say. <laughs> and then, of course, he looks back at the camera again to make sure that they got it.
0: Of course. And so what does Michael do? He decides, no, I'm going to be the best person here. I'm going to be the most noble. I'm going to donate $25. And Oscar is stunned. You know, he's overwhelmed at Michael's (laughs) generosity and he's thanking him. That should have been a red flag right there. We next cut to Jim's desk and Pam approaches and begins to talk to Jim at a volume just enough for Dwight to hear. Uh, She tells Jim she's going a little crazy. She keeps hearing these conversations between Michael and corporate about all these staff issues and Michael makes her take secret notes about these conversations and tells her that she can't tell anybody. So, of course, the camera now pans over to Dwight and we see he's got his back to them and he's just quite intrigued yep. by what he's over here. So good. <laughs> Pam finishes this by saying to Jim she desperately wants to share her secrets and she makes him promise that he's not going to say anything to anybody. And as they walk away, we see Dwight, he's just silently nodding in approval. And then says jackpot.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We cut back to Jim's talking head and he mentions how this whole idea of, you know, this play acting that they were just doing, this was Pam's idea and he talks about how great she is and we see he kind of gets lost in a smile and catches himself before the camera cuts away.
1: It's kind of like the opening scenes of him being smitten with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is
0: very, very typical of him for the first few seasons, really.
1: Yeah. They toy with it for so long.
0: Yeah. So back at Michael's brainstorming session, we see he's trying to rhyme Meredith with bad breath. (laughs) And uh, Dwight walks into the office and Michael asks what he knows about Meredith. And he assures Dwight there's going to be no downsizing. He's just asking because he wants to get some information. And he rattles off everything he knows about Meredith. Uh, Name, Meredith Palmer. Personal information, divorced twice, two kids, employer, Dunder Mifflin Paper Incorporated.
2: Awards, multiple Dundies. And that's actually the uh, first mention of the uh, Dundies in the series. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, Kevin, you tweeted out an, an interesting picture tonight. <laughs> yep. I uh, one of the DVD sets that uh, I picked up came with a uh, Dundee award. Oh wow. Yep. That's where it came from. That's yeah. funny. That's a good sized trophy yeah, too. It is.
0: And of course, we do get the, that great Dundies episode later on in the series. Yep. So Michael starts to write some of this information down, which is actually pretty funny because all, all Dwight's telling him is like. Her name and like where she works, and he's like taking notes. And
1: he's like, I, I know all this. I know. <laughs> and
0: he's like, No, I want something that's kind of embarrassing, you know, like fun information, inside information. And Dwight tells Michael she had a hysterectomy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Michael's just like, No, no, no. He doesn't doesn't want to use this piece of information.
1: He's like, Which one's that again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But then he does kind of consider it. He's like, what funny words can I write about a removed uterus? <laughs> like, if there is, if there actually is a joke there, he will go for it. Yeah. So uh, we next cut to the conference room where Jim tells Dwight that he heard from Pam that one of the alliances is meeting in the warehouse during Meredith's birthday. Jim tells Dwight that they need to be there, but there's no good places to hide. And Dwight tells Jim that he knows exactly what to do. And they, they share a high five. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which is great because uh, it's a warehouse. There's many, many, many places to hide in a warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. So now we cut back
0: to Dwight's talking head. And and he mentions here about how he's a deer hunter. And one thing about deer is they have very good vision. And one thing about him is that he is better at hiding than they are <laughs> at vision.
1: <laughs> I had to listen to this twice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But again, just uh, kind of establishing Dwight. He's a very outdoorsy type of person. In later seasons, we'll see way more yeah. of this outdoors life that he lives mm-hmm. with uh-huh. is it? Mo's, yeah. yeah. Mo's. That's Michael Schur, by the way, playing <laughs> his cousin, one of the creators of the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we then quickly cut to a scene in the warehouse where Dwight and Jim find the perfect spot for Dwight to hide. This is great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just a cardboard box right in the middle of the floor. I just love when when he ends up hiding the subtle like thumbs up he gives. Yeah, <laughs> like like the box is all set. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's like you know, there, he's trying to be all like secretive, but yeah. there's people all over this warehouse. Yeah. I mean, there's guys working mm-hmm. there. So back in the office now, Michael finishes Meredith's birthday card and gets everybody in the office uh, ready. They're going to surprise her as Ryan the Temp is trying to tell him something. He doesn't really get a chance to tell him. Back in the warehouse, uh, Dwight asks Jim to tape him in the box. And he also tells Jim not to worry. He'll he'll poke holes in the box for fresh air. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And I don't know if Jim either cared or pretended to care or just was like, I don't want to be liable if you suffocate. <laughs> But once, once Dwight says, no, I'll be fine. I'll be able to breathe. Jim's like, okay. Yeah. Back up in the office now. Meredith and Angela walk in. And everyone gets ready to yell surprise. They all yell once she comes in. And Meredith turns to Angela saying surprise along with everyone else. Because she doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even suspect it's for her. Because it's you know, still another month away. And uh, we next get a very off-key rendition of Happy Birthday. And uh, I was wondering if they... I couldn't remember if they actually sang Happy Birthday in this episode. Because as you know, it was until like very recently copyright like it was yeah it was you had to pay the estate of uh patty and mildred hill was it like the the two sisters that claimed to have ownership wow and just recently they found out like no they the either the music existed previously as like good morning to you good morning dear teacher or something like that
2: yeah i i don't remember exactly uh, what it was but yeah it, it definitely the copyright is definitely no longer uh intact
0: Yeah, that's why I was wondering if they were going to sing it because
2: you had to pay a lot of money at this time if you wanted to have that song. Yeah, and I mean, that's why, you know, all those restaurants have their own happy birthday songs. (laughs) So
1: we've been stealing that all these years? (laughs) Yep, pretty much. Imagine (laughs) owning that, though, and and charging people that amount of money to sing a happy birthday.
0: (laughs) Or sending spies to Applebee's to make sure they don't sing it.
1: Unbelievable. Surprised there hasn't been a movie about it or a show of some kind.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I might have to edit that out. We Maybe uh, we don't want to give that idea away. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now back in the warehouse, Jim is playing stupid, and he asked Dwight if he should stand next to the box. And, and Dwight tells him, you know, to, to leave him there, go upstairs in the party so that people don't notice that they're both gone. It's just like a great choice here by Jim just to play stupid, make Dwight really think he's, like, the leader here. <laughs> and, like, has to order Jim around and tell him what to do because he's so stupid. And now we cut back to Dwight's talking head, and... He explains he doesn't know if he can trust Jim, but he will because he doesn't have a choice. And as Dwight's talking here, we see Jim packing him in into the box, yeah. taping it shut. Ton of tape. Yeah. And we cut to commercial. At this point, the show takes a commercial break. So why don't we take this opportunity to take a commercial break ourselves? We will pay some bills and we'll be right back. Alright, so listen to this, I just come home from a long day at the pencil museum and I asked my wife for a cup of water. Well, at least that's what I thought I was going to get. I ended up getting this cup of, well, I I don't know how to describe it, it was brown, it was opaque, and it was piping hot. So I take a sip of it and I nearly spit it onto the floor. I I did get it into the sink, fortunately I was able to rinse it away without any evidence, but it was disgusting. And my wife tells me it's this stuff called coffee. And you know, I was a skeptic at first, believe me, but I gotta tell you about this stuff. Coffee is, uh, how to describe it? It almost tastes like coffee ice cream. In fact, I wonder if that's what they named it after. It, it, It is, I was gonna say delicious. It's actually not delicious, but you know what? The more I take it in, the more I actually need it for my, my new, active lifestyle. I, I have all this energy I never had, I, I take all these uh, frequent naps I never had, and the headaches are great. The elevated heart rate is really helping me get blood through my circulatory system. It's, again, I was going to say delicious, but uh, there's truth in advertising, so I'm not going to. But uh, try it out. It's called coffee. Who knew? And we're back. So now when we return from commercial break, we see the festivities in the office as everybody is wearing party hats and they're, they're eating, of course, that mint chocolate chip ice cream cake. Michael did get his way here. And uh, Michael asks Meredith if she was in fact surprised and she tells him yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like trying to feed her some of the birthday cake. <laughs> She's like telling him that she cannot, but he's really trying to make her eat like this giant <laughs> spoonful. He's telling her, like, oh, if he couldn't eat dairy, he thinks he'd kill himself because it's just way, way too good.
2: (laughs) But I'll get sick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also get a quick look at Dwight taped up in the box in the warehouse. And we cut to Jim eating cake with Pam and telling her about what happened. And uh, he tells her to go downstairs and to work her magic. And uh, we next see exactly what that magic is. We see Pam walking down to the uh, stairs of the warehouse floor. And she stands right next to the box containing Dwight and takes out a cell phone and she starts telling this fictional person that, you know, they were supposed to meet there. And she has this very dramatic fake conversation.
1: And then Dwight falls over.
0: Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. she runs off laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was like, even like just Jenna Fisher really cracking up in the, in this moment. Yeah. But it's so funny. Cause he's like cutting new holes, trying to see more. <laughs> As it's like so obvious that there's somebody in this box and it's just changing shape as he's wriggling Mm -hmm. around and just, yeah, completely tips over. So back up at the party, Jim tells Michael he's very impressed with his donation to Oscars charity. You know, Michael plays it off. You know, money isn't everything. Uh, It's not the key to happiness. Did you catch what he said the key to happiness is? Uh, I forget what it was. Joy. (laughs) Joy's the key to happiness. And he tells Jim, you know, maybe he'll give more than $3 next time. (laughs) Jim tells him here, you know, $3 a mile, it's going to (laughs) end up being like 50 bucks. He's like, I can't even imagine what you're going to have to give. It's just a great, great direction here. The camera slowly zooms in on Michael's face. As he's like taking all of this in. The wheels are turning now in Michael's head. He's uh, starting to process this information. And we immediately cut now. Michael is privately meeting with Oscar in his office. And he's trying to explain. He thought the donation was you know, just one flat amount. And Oscar is like pointing to him. You know, It's right there on the sheet. Dollars per mile. And uh, I love Michael still trying to take that noble position. It's like it's not about the money. It's really
1: more of the ethics of the thing. <laughs> ethics. <laughs> Taking back money that's been donated, he talks about ethics.
0: <laughs> and Michael also learns here: Oscar's nephew walked 18 miles at last year's walkathon, yeah, and he
1: freaks right.
0: <laughs> now back in the warehouse, we see Dwight sawing through the cardboard box with his uh, Swiss Army knife, and it just this was just a, a hilarious scene. He's like bursting out;
2: <laughs>
0: it's like really being birthed from this yeah. cardboard box. Yeah, totally. Comes <laughs> And, and really, just one of the funniest moments here, we see Daryl, he's just standing there.
2: I absolutely love that part. I was just rolling when <laughs> you just see him just watching the whole thing.
1: They do an awesome job of keeping the two worlds separate. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 the warehouse world and then the office world. It's so yeah. cool how they work together and sometimes against each other.
0: And, of course, Roy, Pam's fiancé, yeah. works down there. And Patrice O'Neill, the late Patrice O'Neill, was one of the uh, uh, warehouse workers, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was very funny in that role. It just Yeah, it's just so hilarious. Craig Robinson didn't even need to say a word in this episode, <laughs> and he just had one of the funniest moments. Yeah. <laughs> so, cutting back to the party, Meredith is given her birthday card, and everyone's gathering around her. Michael tells her to read what everybody wrote. And say who wrote everything so that they know whose inscription is the <laughs> Which best. is so
1: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah.
0: And she's like, okay. She first reads Stanley's inscription, which says, uh, Meredith, good news. You're not actually a year older because you work here. We're time stands still.
2: <laughs> which is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> totally.
0: And perfect for that character, too. Where you see Stanley just doing crossword puzzles at, at his desk all the time. Just, yeah, for him, it's just a crawl. Yep. The next one is, Meredith, happy birthday, you're the best, love, Pam. And uh, I believe earlier in the episode, Michael kind of gives something very similar to that as an example of something terrible to write in the card. Like, he can't just write something simple like that. So (laughs) as Meredith reads this, Michael retches audibly in disgust. And finally is Michael's inscription, which reads, Meredith, let's hope the only downsizing that happens to you is that somebody downsizes your age. <laughs> it's just like, and of course, nobody's amused. Michael thought he was going to get this huge reaction. To Michael, this is like a roast.
2: Yeah, turns it into a yep. roast. It, the uh, deleted scenes, he just kind of it, it keeps going and he tries out all these other ones that he was going to write but didn't. And it's just, <laughs> you know, he's just digging himself, you know, a bigger hole. <laughs> uh, well, he does it in
0: this cut too because he, he takes out some of his early drafts because. He, he's kind of upset and of course the reason is she didn't get the joke that's why she didn't laugh you know not that it was insensitive or you know uncalled for it was just that you know she didn't understand it so he takes out his drafts and uh yeah some of those were like uh, Meredith Liz Taylor called she wants her age back yeah. and her divorce back
1: <laughs> yeah and then things just got so awkward and then somehow Michael like blames it on the planning committee or something
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because it, it had to be the streamer color selection yeah. that's
1: like set s- off the sour mood he's like streamers really guys <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was it he said like not your best effort or something yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i don't know how he always it always seems like he comes back to what's important but it's always at like somebody else's expense yeah he seems like mm. he's got such a good heart but it it has to be at somebody else's expense
0: and I love like Michael Michael knows that he's losing the room completely <laughs> so he's he has to try to think of something to rally everybody together so he decides to reveal that he made a very sizable donation to Oscar's nephew's walkathon and uh, here we cut back to Michael's talking head and he explains that when he retires he doesn't want to just disappear on an island somewhere he wants to be the guy that gives everything back And he continues with this scenario that he begins to act out where two people are talking in the future. (laughs) He just says like, hey, who donated that hospital wing that is saving so many lives? (laughs) I don't know. It was anonymous. Well, guess what? That was Michael Scott. (laughs) It was
1: me, yeah. (laughs) Uh, How do you know?
0: Because I'm him. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So now cutting back to the party, we see Michael handing the check to Oscar. It is like really like making a presentation out of it as if it's like a giant check. Yeah. It uh, in the middle of the hug, he tells him, you know, like don't cash it until Friday. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was real quick. <laughs> yep.
0: And this is, of course, one of many times where Michael's trying to, you know, give charitably, you know, be this benevolent guy that gives money and just digs himself in such a huge financial hole. I think was it like Michael Scott's kids or whatever his foundation that he starts for those kids in a later season. He he says like he'll send them all to college. Yeah. <laughs> We also now get a scene here, we, we see Ryan along with Toby, and uh, Ryan tells him what we presume he was trying to tell Michael at the beginning here, it's that today is actually his birthday.
1: <laughs> and he didn't tell anybody, right? Right.
0: Yeah, to- Toby's willing to like, oh, you know, I'll say something, and he's like, no, don't bother. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> it's just
0: like Seeing how bad it's going for Meredith, let her take the heat.
1: Now yep. he, he's one of the writers, right, Ryan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: BJ Novak, yeah. yeah. I don't. I didn't care for Ryan's character later on in later seasons.
1: Um, I can't remember. Does he become pretty powerful? Like, does he become one of the bosses?
0: He, yeah, he gets sort like, of, yeah, he gets like really power hungry, and then he kind of like loses it all. Yeah. And uh, was he like? That's right. Bleaches his hair, and he's you know parties all yeah. the time, and just like hits rock bottom, and then I believe he's part of Mike the Michael Scott Paper Company, which actually is pretty funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely liked his character better when it was, you know, he was just the intern and he was, like, in the closet, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yes. You'd, you'd just forget about him and they'd, like, open the closet door and he's in there, like, trying to work. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Next, we see Jim excitedly running over to Pam's desk and he tells her that he has come up with something that has completely topped the box idea. And he's, he's convinced Dwight that he actually needs to go to Stamford to spy on the other Dunder Mifflin branch. <laughs> But it's even better than that. He also told him he has to first dye his hair to go undercover. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) And now Jim and Pam are just absolutely in hysterics. Jim can barely stand and he's like holding on to Pam's hand. They're kind of holding hands at this point. Yeah. And right then we see Pam's fiance, Roy, walking into the office and he sees Jim leaning over on Pam.
1: Is he the fiance at this point or is he boyfriend? I can't remember.
0: I think they start out the series as fiance. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. As engaged. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I think that's also the same way in the the British series. So, of course, Roy's just, you know, very jealous here. He's accusing Jim of trying to cop a feel and yep. he confronts him. And, you know, Jim's like really, really flustered. He's trying to explain. And, of course, you know, how do you explain the situation? He's going all the way back to the, the alliance between him and Dwight. And, uh, you know, Pam's just trying to say, no, it's office pranks. Yeah. Roy turns to Dwight and asks him, like, you know, what's this whole alliance about? It, uh, <laughs> you know, Dwight's still in the middle of this whole thing. He's just like, you know, I have absolutely no idea.
1: Yeah, totally sells him down the river. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> in the DVD commentary, they were talking about this scene where Roy is, you know, confronting Jim. And I guess there's a couple of other cuts where he's, like, really, like, slamming him into the wall. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he got a little more physical, but I guess they try to tone it down at this point. Mm-hmm. It was pretty early on in the in the series.
1: That, yeah, they do. A, they do a good job once in a while of getting really serious. I, re- I remember. Yeah. I remember an episode where Michael like reveals a, lo- a little bit about his childhood, and it's like, wow. So you now you can kind of figure out what he's all about, and it got yep. real serious, and then he does something that you just hate him again for. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah. They they can definitely create a lot of tense moments and touching moments, yeah. heartwarming moments. They did a very very good job. You can see why this the, why this show lasted as long as it did. Right. So Roy, at this point, he just kind of like gives Jim a mean glare and tells Pam, you know, time to go. And they, they both leave. So now we cut back and voice over to Dwight's <laughs> talking head. We hear him ask, do I feel bad about betraying Jim? Not at all. That's the game. Convince him we're an alliance. Get some information. Throw him to the wolves. That's politics, baby.
1: So good, too. <laughs> His blonde hair yes <laughs> pony boy from the outsiders when they had to dye his hair <laughs> yes weird haircut.
0: Yeah, it's a great reveal here because we, we hear the words first yeah you know and we you hear like dwight talking about how he just used jim this whole time so you, you wonder like okay was he kind of just outsmarting jim this whole time and then you get that reveal no he's got blonde hair
1: <laughs> <laughs> completely stupid
0: <laughs> and that is a wig by the way Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, that is a that is a very well done wig.
2: And I just it just was just too funny because you know, he totally threw Jim under the bus and then obviously went ahead <laughs> with the plan anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he throws him under the bus but doesn't quite fully understand. <laughs> he's like, uh,
2: maybe he's maybe
1: he's telling the truth, so I'll do this. But just in case I still don't <laughs> trust him. So dumb.
0: The blonde-haired Dwight now finishes the episode by saying, "Get what you can out of someone, then crush them." I think Jim might have learned a very valuable lesson. <laughs> yep. And we now finish with our closing credits. So yeah, just a, a great episode. So, what are your thoughts now upon watching this episode
1: for the podcast? I miss I miss this show. I forgot how much I loved it. And yeah,
2: especially you know like the you know the seasons like two, three, four were just. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it just like all this you know, the stupid pranks back and forth were just awesome. And, uh yeah, w- when the show initially came on, you know, I had a desk job at, at a life insurance company, so it was oh. a lot of, you know, the stuff was just even funnier because it was like oh my gosh this person's totally you know toby yeah (laughs) or like or this guy's totally stanley or you know like you know it was just even funnier because you know my wife and i both worked at the same company so like we would like talk to each other and be like oh yeah i know exactly who you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) that's great
1: i always wanted to have like a cubicle job like in an office like this yeah, because I could just see this stuff going on—some alliances and people playing tricks on other people with staplers and things like that. <laughs> yeah. You forget how like uncomfortable Michael made—I forgot how uncomfortable Michael made me feel. You know, yeah. with his hair, like even his hair is like so painful to look at. It's the comb—it's o- <laughs> like comb over, and it's like oh my god.
2: So yeah his product his
0: <laughs> yeah. hair is is much different in season one than in later seasons yeah. i don't know they, they kind of changed how they wanted to approach that i guess yeah mm-hmm. it's like real slick back it was so funny right from the get-go I and mean, there's some classic episodes i was looking at the the disc for season one and i'm like looking at some of these episodes i'm like oh yeah this was actually really really funny there's the the basketball contest episode and oh yeah yeah yep. yep. there's the episode where amy adams is like the girl that walks in selling purses and that was all in the first season. It was hard to believe.
1: Yeah, I'll yeah. go back and I'll probably go back and watch most of them.
0: Yeah, definitely worth revisiting. Something that I, I haven't watched in a while and I'm, I'm glad I did.
2: Yeah, and I, I definitely recommend if you have the DVD or if you can, you know, like get it at the library or something like that, uh, just to check out the deleted scenes. Just uh, There was another really good deleted scene for this episode where uh, Jim and Dwight are talking and, you know, Dwight's basically, you know, being like, uh, you know, I my computer's all password protected. You know, I'm secure. I, you know, like, you know, his typical I'm better than you, yeah. And, and Jim just goes, I bet I can get guess your password. It's Frodo, isn't it? And you just see, you just see Dwight just start typing on the keyboard, and he's like, No, and he goes, You just changed it to Gollum, didn't you? Ah, it's like, So good, no, type, 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 type. <laughs> I read that uh for the Michael Scott role that Paul Giamatti, Martin Short, Bob Odenkirk and Hank Azaria were all uh initially considered for that role. Oh wow. And it's yeah, like just looking at that list I'm like, ah, I don't know uh, if it would have worked out so well if like one of them, you know, m- maybe Odenkirk, but yeah.
0: if I'm not mistaken, Bob Odenkirk shows up in a later season as a boss of a of an office.
2: I believe so, yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. And then, uh, as far as other people who auditioned for the roles, uh, Thomas Lennon, Ken Marino, Nick Offerman, Alan Tudyk, uh, all also auditioned for the Michael Scott role. Oh, wow. Which, you know, Tom Lennon would have been great. Mm. Offerman, I, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you
0: you know him so much as Ron Swanson now, it's hard to picture him as anything else, you know?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Alan Tudyk probably would have been really good in that role. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then uh, for the, the Dwight role, Matt Besser and Seth Rogen auditioned for it. Wow.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Matt Besser could definitely have pulled it yeah, off. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, the Seth Rogen in that role, I just don't see that. No. No. He would have been great, like, as one of the warehouse guys or something, but yeah, I, I just don't see him as, as the Dwight role. No, he's not quirky enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: But these actors define these roles, too, as these True. seasons went along, you know? Exactly, so it's like yeah. Rain Wilson really made that Dwight character what it is, you know? So it's like, who knows what these other actors would have turned the character into. I'm glad, of course, you know, in hindsight, I'm just glad it is the way it is. You know, it's like, who is it, uh, famously, was it Christopher Walken might have been Han Solo at one
1: point? Yeah, there's a few Han Solos out there. Yeah, so it's like,
0: you know, I'm just... Or unless I'm thinking of the Saturday Night Live sketch where oh, Daryl yeah. Hammond plays a bunch of people.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
0: either way, it's like we could have had a whole bunch. Of, we could have had Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. It's just like it's so hard to think of these people that, you know, become so iconic as, uh, as any other character.
1: Yeah. Right. You would have seen something totally different and probably liked it.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, the only other note I had was that uh, BJ Novak and John Krasinski uh, are from out here. They're from Newton.
1: I knew John was. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know B.J. Novak was a local.
2: Yeah, I guess they went to high school together. Oh wow! Or the or at least the same high school. So. That's a,
1: that's cool. Yeah,
2: Newton yeah. the, the South.
1: They don't. Um, they don't do much around here anymore. No, so they show up to, probably do a Red Sox game once a year, maybe, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once in a while, like what was it? Uh, John Krasinski was in those uh, Red Sox oh, yeah, commercials yeah. Yeah, it's like, with Alec oh, Baldwin. Wait, you
1: were from around here. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, your own office stories, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Now, do you guys have anything you want to plug?
2: Uh, sure. You can find all my stuff uh, at One Wall Cinema on Twitter, on Vine. Uh, you can go to onewallcinema.com and it has links to uh, the various. YouTube series like uh, kids unboxing stuff, um, and just for the heck of it, you can follow my cat on Twitter at Jeff T. Cat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you can follow my stuff on Twitter and Facebook at Bottle Rocket Thirteen, and find me on Vine at Bottle Rocket, and you can have my cat <laughs> 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 because I don't want him anymore. <laughs>
0: causing trouble lately yeah
1: yeah he's keeping me up at night meowing
0: oh boy (laughs) Uh, i'm on twitter you can find me there at mc and friends i am also on vine my name there is mc and friends as well there i do flip page animations little humorous cartoons you can find me there also please subscribe to us on itunes and leave us a five-star review if you do it helps us out and you will get a shout out on the show we try to be creative with those We are also on Stitcher, so if you use Android devices, you can now stream or download us there. We're also on TuneIn Radio and coming soon to Google Play, so look for us on those platforms as well. Well, definitely, i got to recommend watching videos by both of these guys. They're both good dads. They both make very awesome videos with their kids and uh, very, very funny stuff. Great stuff.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me, guys.
0: This was great, yeah.
2: Yeah, tons of fun. Yeah, definitely a huge fan of yours. Thanks,
0: man. Yeah, really, thank you for uh, taking the time to join us. i just uh, been enjoying your Vines for the uh, last few years now. It's hard to believe Vines yeah. been around for like two years at least. It's crazy. Crazy. It is, but it's it's awesome. And, uh, you know, when people think of Vine, there are some real annoying accounts out there, but, uh, you know, you're you're definitely one of the good ones, though, one of the ones I always enjoy yeah. seeing.
1: Thank you. It's a place where, where we can think like, like minds can get together and make content, and I think that's how we all found each other. Yeah. So... That is good.
0: Well, we have been Bottle Rocket, Kevin, and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening.
1: That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) That's
0: perfect.